The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the creative power of disillusionment. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust, and she wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy. Now, those 24 books of esoteric philosophy are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. People are being rapidly disillusioned and will consequently see more clearly. The world glamour is being steadily removed from the ways of human beings. These two developments have been brought about by the incoming new ideas focused through the world intuitives and released to the general public by the world thinkers. Can you give us an illustration of disillusionment today? Yes, I think so. There are probably numerous illustrations. Um, I suppose because um, our work has been focused on disillusionment recently uh, due to our upcoming symposium uh, on this very title, The Creative Power of Disillusionment, on November 18th, we've ha- sort of had the concept of disillusionment in our consciousness. And every day I open up the New York Times and I see uh, references to that word. Various people are disillusioned, disillusioned with the government, Bush is disillusioned with, I don't know, all of us for not supporting him, and um, different uh, groups within our society are disillusioned. So it's it's a time, I think, when a lot of assumptions and ideals are crumbling, and it leaves people feeling uncertain and unsteady. 
but interestingly, from the standpoint of the ageless wisdom, that can be a productive thing. And that's why Alice Bailey speaks of um, people being rapidly disillusioned and as a result being able to see more clearly. Illusion, as she defines it, is the power that an idea or a thought form or a concept has to dominate the mind of an individual or of a whole people. And it leads to limitation. It puts blinders on, you could say. And these illusions come with um, the kinds of ideas we inherit about our race, our class, our background, and they also are found in the current trends, the modern ideas that are currently in vogue and that uh, are accepted assumptions that people don't question enough because on a certain level they do apply, they do have a certain amount of truth. It's when they are translated into a complete truth that the problem of illusion intervenes, don't you think? Yes, and it's it's very easy to fall into that because, I mean, I think we're all subject to that uh, kind of trap we get into of uh, <coughs> believing that our way is best. And you, you see this, I think, with the um, emphasis we have in this country on democracy. Uh, democracy is, is good. Uh, but it uh, it's it's good for us, but it may not be good for the rest of the world, for a lot of other countries in the world. So it's not something that we should impose on other societies, I don't think. And uh, the uh, tendency may be in some to believe that democracy is the only way and the best way for everybody to follow. And so there is a tendency to want to impose it on the world. And it's the same with many of our religious uh, ideals, too. Um, The tendency there is to impose our ideals because we're the world's superpower and uh, we've discovered the best way to do things. Yes, we have. And we're living with that disillusionment um, right now at this period in history. Another example of um, illusion arising because a partial truth is mistaken for the complete uh, truth is the example all men are created equal. Yes, that's true. But if one doesn't make any allowance for differences in evolution and in cultural and religious and national uh, characteristics, it becomes a limited concept because any reasoning person can look around him or her and see that not everybody's on an equal footing. Not everybody is playing with the same deck of cards, uh, so to speak. It will be replaced. The concept that all men are equal will, I think, be replaced by the idea of a true spiritual brotherhood, or if people prefer, a brother and sisterhood, a sense of fellowship and of shared humanity that makes all human beings equal before the eyes of the one father, so to speak, equal in origin and equal and divine in destiny, but at a particular point on the evolutionary path at many different levels of uh, development. These are examples that we've given democracy and equality of illusions that become misunderstood and applied too broadly and they take on a certain crystallization because they're ideals 
and people love the basic concept, and that, in fact, worsens their grip on human minds because an ideal is very hard to let go of. I think that's what's happening now in the world. Some of our most cherished ideals are being... We're being forced to release them, but it's painful because we've never thought beyond them, and now we have to. Well, that's why disillusionment is good, because... Because it hurts so much. It hurts so much, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's an opportunity for change, yes. and for change for necessary change, because, as you say, we've, <clears throat> we've become so enamored by democracy, but democracy is really a, a transitory kind of ideal and uh, the um, ideal as as you mentioned you mentioned brotherhood and a spiritual brotherhood the spiritual understanding of of our relationship it's with uh, other people in the world and with ourselves and within our nation and with other nations if we can ever achieve even a, a grasp of understanding of this concept of brotherhood this is the great ideal that is being held out before humanity now as the um, next uh, ideal to replace democracy. And it's, it's, it's a very difficult um, ideal to grasp, but I think it's, it's there for the, uh, as it says in our opening statement, for the intuitives in the world and uh, to... Um, kind of bring through that idea and, and make it uh, make it more understandable. I think um, it's this idea of illusion and disillusionment is a, a stage that every thinking person passes through probably repeatedly. It's part of how we learn to think, how we form concepts, how we form um, thought forms, uh, ideas about uh, different aspects of life. We begin by uh, forming them, and then we apply them to everything that we think is appropriate, and then we discover their limitations. We see the concepts break down, and gradually we expand our thinking and our understanding to be more inclusive. It's all part of how we learn to use the mind. And one of the best means for uh, guarding against disillusionment, I think, is to apply discrimination discrimination in the sense that the mind has to learn to distinguish the kernel of truth within any particular idea or belief or ideal and let go of all the the rest of it. There is a kernel of truth that uh, remains perennial, I think we could say, certainly in the concept of equality there is. And in democracy, the kernel of truth, I suppose, is that the human being, by right, must think and take a stand and express himself on the issues of his time. That's what democracy is predicated on, isn't it? That we turn out with an, a well-informed opinion and vote. But the actual practice of it is something else. And uh, so the ideal of democracy is being called into question particularly when it's shoved at societies that aren't ready for it and may not want it. Um, it doesn't mean that there isn't a kernel of truth and goodness in that concept, but it has to be applied with wisdom, and that's what life teaches us, wisdom. Yes, and it, it 
a thing like a, an ideal like democracy depends on a uh, <clears throat> informed public, and that means where the mind is uh, awake and can think uh, creatively, and uh, that's so that that's kind of a demand on society that. Um, not everybody measures up to, I think. Yeah. Well, yes, the, staying uh, for a moment with the idea of democracy, it puts a terrific demand on society. And um, I could say this society isn't really up to that demand if only half the voting electorate turn out to vote. Uh, it's, it's a real responsibility. It's a real pressure. I sometimes wonder if people should be forced to vote. You know, there there's this idea that it, it should be... Um, Required, There should be laws making everybody get up and go out and vote. Wouldn't they just vote their ignorance? And do we want that? But anyway, we're digressing. How do we figure out whether we have a real idea in our mind or just an idée fixe or an ideal that is um, um, something we worship but doesn't really express a true recognition? How do we sort all that out? Well, the ancient teacher, Patanjali, whom we've mentioned, gives us the guidelines in his Yoga Sutras that go back, I don't know, four or five thousand years. They're the earliest written form of spiritual teaching. And one studies them by applying the, the principles he gives for figuring out what we know how to distinguish between knowledge, the act of knowing, and the knower, and how we recognize truth and illusion. The book by Alice Bailey, Light of the Soul, is a translation of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, if anyone is interested in reading it. And there are many good translations of the Yoga Sutras. It's a good idea, I think, to study four or five of them at the same time and see the, the differences in translation for these four books that comprise the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. It's a wonderful study. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, the creative power of disillusionment. This is a special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Valley book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey, and even for the person who intends to be a serious student of Alice Bailey, this is a wonderful idea because um, every every topic here is uh, abridged, and you can more or less uh, develop an insight as to which topics you'd like to approach first in your study of the larger uh, books, and then you can make an order of priority as to uh, uh, which topics are are of a greater interest to you, and and then uh, that would help your studying a great deal. The uh, book, uh, Ponder on This, is available for $19. And the special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling, so that's uh, that's $19. What you need to do if you'd like to take advantage of this off- offer is to send a check or money order to Lucis Publishing, Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 100. Zero five. That's uh, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And um, so you write a little notation saying that you heard about the offer on the program Inner Sight. Now, as, as far as uh, 
are staying on the air, we certainly that uh, we find it quite a challenge to uh, uh, cover all the monetary expenses to have this show stay on. We certainly rely on your donations, um, uh, whether large or small, to remain on the air. Uh, you know, think of it this way. One time someone sent in a donation of $180 to Lucis Trust, and when you look upon that donation over the course of a year, you're talking about, uh, oh, less than 50 cents a day. And, and I think that's very little to spend. When you think of all you get from this particular program, you... Uh, develop uh, a knowledge of the spiritual side of yourself. You uh, also hear a lot of discussions having to do with uh, how you're connected to the to the universe and how the universe is connected to you, and uh, you develop levels of understanding about who you are. So there's so much that you do get for your donations, so why don't you just help us out and uh, send a donation to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005, and uh, that would certainly help us to stay on the uh, the air and pay for these radio shows. Now, we have uh, we have a website. Also, all of our Intersight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. And on the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website. And also you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. And also, if you'd like to get in contact with us for any reason whatsoever, um, you can give us a call on our toll-free number, which is 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-695. NY Lucis. Think of 1866 New York Lucis. You know, we're having a symposium. Maybe we'll get to meet some of you. It'll be on November 18th, and it'll be from 1.30 to 5.15. And the topic of the, or the theme of the symposium will be the creative power of disillusionment. And of course, we've been speaking about that today. But you know, in order to I think it would be best if Sarah said something more about the um, about the symposium because she's best able to. Sarah, you want to you'd like like to add something to that? Yes, um, this theme of the creative power of disillusionment is one that we're going to explore through talks and group discussions and meditation, not only in New York but in our other two headquarters too, in London and Geneva on the same day. So there's going to be this. Um, major group focus on the idea of disillusionment of the present times and the potential that it holds for new thinking, new realization. What's interesting with the meeting in New York is that we've um, engaged the um, guest speaker Don Beck, who is one of the co-founders of Spiral Dynamics. Some of our listeners might be aware of Spiral Dynamics. It's a it's a system uh, for understanding human development that was uh, first pioneered by the late psychologist Claire Graves. And his work was carried on by Don Beck and by Chris Cowan, who call it Spiral Dynamics. It's a means for understanding and interpreting human growth. And it uh, it reveals the, the complexity of global diversity and of how 
we effect change and how we evolve as a species. It's a way of understanding human differences that overcomes um, the tendency towards prejudice and the tendency towards um, ranking and disparaging those who are different than us. Spiral dynamics says that change occurs in consciousness and that our level of consciousness is expressed in terms of our values and that we're not all at the same place. And that's because of our past experience, our present needs and our future values and goals. And it doesn't mean that each of us is assigned to a particular level and we're stuck in it. I think Spiral Dynamics says that all of us are kind of a mixture of different levels or memes as it's called in Spiral Dynamics and we operate at these different memes according to the circumstance. And each of these levels is uh, identified by a different color, which is quite interesting. It's a, a system of psychology that's been used to bring about better relations in inner cities by Don Beck. And he traveled, I believe, over 60 times to South Africa when that country was making its transition from apartheid to democracy. He used the system of spiral dynamics to help them achieve a new relationship between the different races in the society uh, and it's been applied in businesses and in educational systems. I think we'll learn a lot about it through his talk on November 18th. And it's very related to um, the esoteric traditions of, of consciousness in, in the sense that uh, it's related to the unfoldment of consciousness, and that's essentially what uh, we are talking about on these programs quite often, is the unfoldment of consciousness. It's like the unfoldment of a flower and the blossoming uh, at a certain time, at a certain stage in one's life, in one's development. And it doesn't all happen in one lifetime that all this awakening is goes on over a whole series of lifetimes and uh, this <clears throat> spiral dynamics kind of lays out the different stages that uh, every human being goes through or is going through now or will go through at some time in their whole long journey on this earth and uh, so it's if you, if you can see it in that perspective then it's it makes a kind of an interesting analogy there. One of the interesting um, aspects of spiral dynamics that I think Dr. Beck will discuss uh, at our symposium is the difference between what he calls first-tier thinking and second-tier thinking. And I believe that's one of the major premises of his theory that first-tier memes, as he calls them, generally resist the emergence of second-tier memes. And what we are seeing in the world today, he believes, is the conflict caused by people who are still stuck in the first-tier memes of um, uh, historically accepted views of life that range from the uh, survival instinct to the aggressive um, me-first attitude to the people who are... Um, 
reliant upon accepted uh, laws, traditions, and ordered patterns of living to the people who are breaking through into more of a community-based consciousness. There's great difference among all those levels, and yet all of them, he would say, I think, are assigned to the first tier. And the second tier is the few people within every society that are able to reach beyond the accepted and traditional concepts that have govern most people's lives and that are inclusive and um, free in their way of viewing the world and their place in the world and the conflict between these two levels of um, of um, viewing life is part of what we're seeing in the world today I think this ties in very much with what Alice Bailey would say is the values of the old age in conflict with the incoming values of the new age Right, and the, um, the the values that uh, of the first tier group of people, which is a very large group, actually, he, he lays out a certain percentage of somehow the percentage seems to be seventy or eighty percent of the people in the in this studies that uh, belong to that first tier, as well as probably all of us. <laughs> yes. yeah, <that's laughs> I get too carried away here. And then the, the second tier people are a much smaller group of people, but they're, um, I, I think that we'll, if we can apply it to this whole theme of disillusionment, that maybe the uh, there is a pattern there where the second tier people can help provide a way out of the disillusionment stage that uh, many people for now that are going through right now. And uh, so it's, it's these more intuitive thinkers that do provide some kind of guidance if the uh, <coughs> second stage tier of people uh, are willing to, to listen. <laughs> That's the whole, the whole question there. Yes, I think they become willing to listen as their precious ideals and uh, cherished concepts crumble. And that's what's so creative about the present time. And another very creative time, I think, was during the World War. Creative in the sense that something new could develop. Anytime you're in a period of crisis, as we've said so many times, when things are crumbling, that's when the new can be recognized and um, welcomed, when the old no longer satisfies or uh, assuages suffering. And so this is a very productive time. And uh, I think that the idea of understanding people in terms of their values and understanding human differences, not in terms of race, religion, and so on, but in terms of consciousness is really fascinating. That means people of any background, culture, or religion can find their compatriots in a level of consciousness that they share, and it breaks away from the old prejudices and the old uh, ways of compartmentalizing and differentiating people. So this uh, exploration of disillusionment on November 18th is, I think, going to be very fascinating. We'll have plenty of time for group discussion. We'll have Dr. Don Beck of Spiral Dynamics, who's coming all the way. Another show, but um, uh, you've been listening to Inner Sight. But before we 
go further, I'd like to say that uh, I want to remind you once again about what Sarah said, the symposium on Saturday, November 18th, 2006, and it's from 1.30 to 5.15. If you would like to go, it's going to be at 24 East 39th Street between Park and Madison. It's called at the Williams Club. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?